Shannon Sharp predicted a triple-double, and he was dead on. 50, 10 rebounds, 11 assists for James Harden, the beard. Houston wins 126-111. to It's the cipher. Rockets beat the Lakers 126 to 111 behind James Harden's triple double. 50 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. This was a fun game. It was a close game. It got chippy. Lakers were getting frustrated because they got frustrated with the fact that Harden has this innate ability to draw fouls. And this isn't breaking news. Harden was 18 for 19 for the free throw line. And when the game broke open, when he wasn't attacking a basket or getting to the foul line, he was giving it to the Lakers with his step back jump shot. LeBron had 29. Kuzma had 24. But it wasn't enough. And this game really came down to the Lakers defense inability to get stops. And when you watch this game and you remember what just happened the other night in Golden State versus the Raptors. Yes, the Warriors are still favored to come out the West. But there are no elite dominant teams in the West this season, this particular season. I think it's even. I think the Warriors are the favorites, but they're not the runaway favorites. And they're not that team that used to go one through nine. Now they're top heavy. This version of the Warriors, they don't have the depth that they've had in the past. And that comes that comes with success, right? You've got to pay guys. Guys have to get their money. And then your roster thins out. And even with the addition of Boogie, that just makes them, if if and when he gets into the lineup, that just makes them even more top-heavy with their starting five. But they're still not that deep. And I think that's ultimately their weakness. Not to mention, when the referees call it a little looser, when they allow a level of physicality that you don't normally see in today's game, the Warriors struggle. They struggle versus physical teams. If you saw what the Rockets did to them last season, that wasn't a fluke. If you saw what the Raptors have done to them, especially the other night, that's not strange. They struggle with physicality. When people can get up into their bodies and challenge them, it affects them. It affects Steph more than anybody. And I think the better teams are realizing if you really want to be going to stay, yes, be physical with Steph and KD and Clay. But also, let Draymond shoot. Back off of Draymond. Challenge Draymond Green to get 15 to 20 points a night. The smarter teams are learning that's a good strategy. The smarter teams are putting point guards and smaller guys on Draymond because he's a bigger player, but he doesn't really have a low post game. I think this is a weakness that's going to get exploited in the playoffs. I'm not saying Golden State won't get back to the finals. But what I am saying is this will be a greater challenge for them to return than even last season. And I think a team like Oklahoma City could present problems for them. The Thunder are flawed offensively, but they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And you know Russ always gets up to play Steph and KD. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors. 23-7, and 
stepped into L.A., gave it to a very good Clippers team, then turned around with the Golden State and gave it to the defending champions. The Raptors are long. They're athletic, with the exception of point guard Kyle Lowry. And while he's not long, he's a terrific defender, and he's built like an NFL defensive back. So when guys try to post him up, the first thing you'll notice is he doesn't budge. And they might be able to shoot over him, but it's a tough shot because what Lowry and Chris Paul are great at doing, they get into your legs. They take away your legs. This Raptors team, if they can get into the playoffs 100% healthy, obviously that means having Kawhi at his very best. If the Raptors go into the playoffs healthy, I think the Raptors are going to come out the East and they're going to be a problem. If you saw the way they got into the Warriors' bodies and were physical with them and the way they attacked them on the other end, the Raptors have the balance offensively and the length and athleticism defensively to disrupt everything Golden State does. And that was without Kawhi. Speaking of Golden State, so for the second week in a row, apparently Kevin Durant said something that's got a lot of me- people in the media and fans of the NBA saying he's a hater. And rather than me going around, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to chip away, take a few comments from the YouTube fan and from Facebook fam, and I'll read them. My dude Max, and Max is really cool, this is Max from Chicago, my boy Max says, been listening to your podcast for a minute, and I'm good with how you rep both sides fam, but KD is a little overrated. As a basketball player, I don't think he's overrated at all. Is he a bit immature? Does he have rabbit ears? I think we all know the answer to that question. But if he's doing an interview and he's saying from his point of view that he's a student of the game and he's saying that on film, the footwork, the the ball handling, the things that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant do make them unique like no other that's ever played the game in his opinion, including himself. And he's unique. He's a unicorn. And that's his opinion. And whether or not you agree with that, that isn't hating. That's his opinion, in my opinion. DFAC says, Katie's just an overrated hater who joined a super team that never needed him. DFAC, all due respect, let's rewind. That super team was able to beat Cleveland because Cleveland didn't have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. And they did that in six games. The next year, when both teams were 100%, Cleveland beat them in seven games. And Kevin Durant didn't pick up the phone to call the Warriors. The Warriors picked up the phone and called him. And not only did they call him, they flew to his crib. They were at his doorstep. So while no one can predict the future, What I will say is this, if he doesn't go to the Warriors, this version of the Warriors, they don't have any more titles. So, yes, they actually did need they needed him. They had a need for him because he can do things that Steph and Clay just can't do. Cortez says, listening to your show, you seem like a low key Braun hater. 
I'm not sure how I can be a LeBron hater when all I do is I acknowledge his greatness. I just talked about in the last show on the last cipher how great he is. The fact that he's been able to be excellent. That he's still been considered the best player in the NBA in year 16. If he's not the best, then he's one of the three best. But the fact that he's even in that conversation in year 16, I'm telling you, I believe that's a testament to his greatness. Now, if what you're trying to imply is that I don't happen to think that he's the GOAT, well, I don't. But that doesn't mean I don't acknowledge his greatness and I'm not a fan of what he's done in his NBA career. Will says... When Katie and Kawhi land with the Clippers, it's a wrap. Well, because this is the NBA and the NBA likes to project forward like no other league. If that should happen, I don't know if it's a wrap, but it's probably a wrap for the Lakers' chances of winning any titles in the LeBron era. I'll say that much. 3-6 says, I don't know if Katie is hating or not, but it's cool to see another player not jocking Braun. Honestly, I'm kind of where you're at. We're always saying we want athletes to give their honest opinion. And whether you agree with him or not, I think he's giving you his perspective, his view of things. I'm not sure he's an evil guy because he thinks Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are the goats in terms of their skill sets, their killer instincts. I don't I don't know if that makes him evil at all or hateful or jealous. I think that's a strong opinion, and he's entitled to it. Frankie says, in the 90s, Jordan dominated. In the 2000s, they belonged to Kobe. And Steph has won three of the last four titles. All Braun has is perfect attendance. I'm going to say this. See, this is what I mean. There's two extremes. If you don't agree with everything someone says about LeBron, then you, you're disrespecting him and you hate him. If you defend his career and you acknowledge what he's accomplished, then you're a fanboy. You can't go to straight NBA finals, eight straight NBA finals and not be a great player. He's won three titles. He's a great player. And we can acknowledge them being down three, one to Golden State and him coming back and them beating Golden State. That's a testament to a his greatness and B He had very good teammates. He had great teammates. The block is an awesome play. It's one of those plays that will be played over and over in a loop and highlights. But the dagger shot, that was made by Kyrie Irving. And the dagger shot, that sealed the deal. Trish, what's up with the all-time one-on-one tournament? Trish, honestly... We're still working on that. And I I guess it's a little bit more complicated than I thought, because if you get caught up in some of the current or more recent NBA players, you're excluding some all time greats, some terrific scorers who I think would be um, terrific in one on one. So I don't want to exclude a guy like Adrian Dantley or maybe not exclude an Alex English, Bernard King. Remember, When we do the one-on-one, we're doing this with the very best version of that player. Maybe even though his career was shortened, how good would Penny Hardaway or Grant Hill be in a one-on-one? And I have to factor that in too. Look, who's the greatest one-on-one player has nothing to do with the longevity of your career. 
How good is Steph Marbury in one on one or even a guy like Brandon Roy? So while I'm I'm 100 percent in on it and H is helping me out with it, um, what I'm trying to do is put forth basically like the, the best groupings. I mean, I want to represent players from the 70s, 80s, 90s and on. I want I want some representatives from all those eras, maybe even a couple from the 60s. Just to show some balance and some respect from all the different eras. So if it's taking longer than I, I, I thought it would, that's on me. But but Trish noticed we're definitely working on it. Dom, when it's all said and done, LeBron will own every category in NBA history. And then even you'll have to admit he's the GOAT. He's a great player, Dom. He's a Mount Rushmore player. I've said this before. He's one of the three greatest to ever do it. And I agree with you about the the numbers. He's going to put up incredible numbers. He's going to own every almost every statistical, if not all statistical categories. He'll be at the top of the list or close to it. But that. That kind of thing, that doesn't make you the goat. It's a great case for your 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 statistical dominance over say some of your peers but statistical dominance when you're talking about all time when you're talking about being not not in the not in the top floor but in the penthouse of that hotel of all-time greats there's 10 dudes that's in that penthouse and then there's a vip room within the penthouse and he's actually in the VIP room, but he's not running things. Not yet, if ever. But I agree with you. Statistically, he's going to be the man. No doubt. I think we have to acknowledge that. But I don't think numbers alone make you the goat. I think there there's something that you can have as a cherry on top in a debate or an argument. And even then, I don't know if it pushes you over the top, but it's just, it's definitely something that. In a debate, you bring up numbers have their place. They don't tell the whole story. Laney says, do you agree with what Cupcake said? If you're talking about what Durant said in the interview, what I agree with is his right to have his opinion. And while I don't think I, I well, well, let me let me say this to be clear. There's no question that Kobe is a great all time player. And that Jordan is in that VIP room that I was just talking about. And guess what? Kobe's in the penthouse. I I want you to know that. Every Kobe fan out there, Kobe is in that penthouse. I'm not sure he's in VIP, but he's in the penthouse. And Kyrie is still building his legacy and his resume. I think when it's all said and done, if he can play enough and not have his career shortened by injuries, but Kyrie's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Whether or not he's going to be where he ranks all time, that remains to be seen, but he's a terrific player. He's not an all-time player, though. Not not yet. Don says Kobe is better than LeBron, and don't hate KD for being honest. I hear you, Don. Here's the thing. I grew up a Lakers fan. I've always been a Lakers fan. That's never changed through the great times and the not-so-great times, and Kobe is an all-time great. I find myself saying this all the time, Because right after I say it, I have to say this. He's not better than LeBron. He just isn't. And I know 
a lot of you want to say, well, Kobe's the same as Jordan, so he has to be better than LeBron. Kobe's not the same as Jordan. He's similar. And, and, and this is going to sound off, but if we're keeping it really real, Kobe's a watered-down version of Jordan. He's not Jordan. And he didn't do all the things Jordan did. They're similar, but they're not the same. Let's keep it moving. Oz says, why did, Co- why does KD keep hating all the time? Why is he so jealous of the greatness of LeBron James? Do I think there's a level of jealousy from KD? Probably. Do I think his comments are fueled by that? I don't think so. I honestly believe that Kevin Durant realizes that in this era, in LeBron's era, it's his era. He wants to compete against him. He wants to be viewed, if not better than him, at least somewhere on his level to where you have to acknowledge KD's place in history. And I understand that. I actually respect that. He wants to be known on LeBron's level. He wants to be seen on that level. KD wants to get into the penthouse. He's not there yet. And he, but he might get there, but he's not there yet. Sid says, can the man have his own opinion without it being about LeBron? Sid, I got one word for you. Exactly. I want to get this right. Faye. Faye says, I think KD is trolling Braun fanboys. Colin Cowherd, Shannon Sharp, and Nick Wright. I don't know if he's trolling them, but just like he has rabbit ears, whenever Kevin Durant has something to say about LeBron James, if it's not in a complimentary matter or in a matter that they think is complimentary, then he's being disrespectful. All of a sudden, that's when their rabbit ears come up. That's when they get in their feelings and they get to be an emotional and they go in their rants about how great LeBron is. And LeBron is great. And he doesn't need defending. Game time says, when is talking about Jordan and Kobe great? When is talking about Jordan and Kobe's greatness a bad thing? I'm with you. Why is that a bad thing? And it's not like Kobe played like in the 80s or whatever. The man just retired a couple of years ago. Why can't you still talk about him? That's crazy. Nate said, Kobe has Shaq. I'm just saying. He's not that great. He has Shaq. You could have put anybody with Shaq and they would have three-peated. Nate, you're entitled to your opinion. I disagree with you 100%. I think you're underrating just how gifted Kobe Bryant was. Shout out to the Anchor app, the people at Anchor. Shout out to the Anchor group on Facebook, MLC, Third Rail. And here's a special shout out to my guy, Kane Newton. What happened to them Chiefs, dog? Anyway, guys, I will be back on Monday and we'll be talking about some of the NBA's most underrated players all time. Some of those players that seem to be gone and forgotten about. Maybe they never got the acknowledgement that they deserve. Want a couple names? Larry Nance. Sean Marion. How about Ben Wallace from the Pistons? It's the cipher, guys. Next time. 